Hello and welcome to the aid station. Today I'm excited to be heading to one of the most beautiful cities in the world, Prague in the Czech Republic, where we meet Carlo Capalbo, the president of Run Czech, and also for many years on the Road Running Commission of World Athletics. Carlo, so wonderful to see you again. Thank you for making the time. Well, thank you for having me. Good day to everybody. Uh, you live in such a beautiful city. We last caught up um, when I was there. I think it was September last year at uh, the European Business of Running Con uh, Conference. It was a wonderful experience in your beautiful city to witness your, your 10K event, which is an amazing event. You, um, Run Czech, have been leaders in innovation in the industry for many years. You do so many amazing things. But I'd love to start before we get to that with a little bit of your background, please, Carlo. Yes, thank you. So my, my, I, I was uh, born in Italy uh, by an Italian dad and a French mom. I was raised there. And uh, uh, until my, let's say, mid-24, uh, 25, I was uh, indeed uh, educated to be a perfect business person. So I had my university, I had the second university, then I had an MBA in the States. Then I started to working on Wall Street and that uh, was uh, my first part of, let's say, my professional life. And uh, that's ended in 92. At that time, I was managing a company that uh, maybe all the people like me, they remember is World Perfect. And I was managing it for uh, uh, Europe. Uh, it was a very exciting job and so on, but very intense. So in 92 or 93, I, I thought, Maybe it's better that I come back to work more close to the people and not only to sell a software solution around the corporation. And that would be ideal if I can come back to the sport because I was a professional sportsman, not in running. I was running a lot, but running is a support to my main sport that was rugby. So I played rugby until 22 or 23. Then I put my tie and I start to, you know, look like a serious, uh, serious person. So in 93, after uh, uh, having, let's say, completed my task and having opened this, uh, what is World Perfect all over Europe, at that time it was the same big as Microsoft uh, in terms of application uh, software. I decided to uh, take a new challenge. And very honestly, I did not have a very clear plan, but my first employer, that is a, a consulting company, McKinsey, offered me a, a job in, uh, in uh, uh, Czech Republic, uh, Czechoslovakia at that time. And uh, the job was uh, connected with European Union, try to um, uh, um, basically um, take those big conglomerate, make them appealing for Western investors, yeah? So that was my job. I moved to Czech Republic for two months. Then my job with McKinsey ended, but I decided to stay. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, Czech Republic is uh, famous, as you said, because it's an extremely beautiful place to live. There is the best beer in the world, they claim, I confirm. <laughs> uh, fantastic uh, crystal and is also famous for beautiful ladies. So Chris, suddenly I doubled the number of my Italian friends <laughs> because everybody called me, Carlo, you remember about me? We were at the school together, schoolmate. 
I'm coming to Prague, you know. So among them, there was one gentleman that um, by chance he got a few titles, including a gold uh, medal at the Olympic in, uh, in Seoul. It's Jelinda Bordin. He, win, he won the Boston champion of the world, champion of Europe and so on. Yeah. And uh, we went uh, here, uh, you know, in Italy, you say, let's go for coffee. Here you say, let's go for beer. Even at the unusual time during the day, here at 11 o'clock in the morning or in the uh, late morning. So me and Jalindo, we went for a drink. We didn't see each other from such a long time. And after, you know, here they have these bad habits that when they see your glass almost empty, they come. You don't need to order it up for you. the next year. So uh, Jalindo, after the second year, said, Carlo, why we do not organize a marathon? I said, Jalindo, you are crazy. I am very busy. I am not a runner. I did run in my life many half marathons and so on. But I can organize beautiful parties. I can manage companies. My last job, I had about 200 employees, still very young. So it was difficult. But a marathon, I never thought about it. Anyway, just to be short, after two hours, that was 93. So he went inside in the pub. There was no mobile phone. He asked for the telephone, the landline, and he called Mr. Zatovet because they were friends. Yeah. So we ended, after the three beers, we ended in the house of Mr. Zatovet. For me, was an idol. When I was young, my mom was calling him the human locomotive. So we met Mr. Zadovek and so on. After four hours, after in the evening, we came out, me and Jalindo. I avoided to tell you the conditions because <laughs> Zadovek make us trying these Moravian drinks. But my most important things, I had the napkins with the first course of a Prague Marathon. Wow. And that's how everything started. And from that time, now Ranchek make run all over the world directly over 130,000 people. Ranchek is uh, eight world records, seven gold labels. And that is uh, a pure success story because we started in this country when the country was uh, in the most dynamic period of the, in the history of the country. Everything was booming. People were accepting new things, and we started this event that now, according to the last research the CTD had, when they asked to the people, which is the best day of the year for you, most of them, they, they say, when the Prague Marathon takes place. So we created something for the country that goes much beyond, beyond the sport. Wow. We, we operate altogether 45 events. Uh, and uh, we are uh, a group of uh, close friends that we work together from 15, 20, you know, most of them. And uh, until this pandemic came that pushed us to find a new measure and sometimes to take tough decision, this was the most perfect success story. And uh, I am very confident, Chris, don't think I'm crazy that soon will be even more successful and stronger. That's a, an amazing, amazing story. Um, you know, it takes me back. Uh, Word Perfect, I used to run that. 
rugby. I love rugby, having grown up in Zimbabwe and South Africa. And Emil Zatopek, my dad was a 10,000 meter runner and he always used to speak about Emil Zatopek and I used to watch him as well and, and the tapes and whatever. So, so many wonderful stories and uh, wow, congratulations. And I totally agree with you. I, I think there are going to be so many incredible opportunities and we were talking a little bit before, before we started recording uh, that uh, you know, our industry is going to go through undoubtedly some challenges, but we will return stronger with, uh, with many wonderful opportunities to impact the lives of people as you have done. Tell us a little bit about you. You just mentioned there's some amazing initiatives that you're working on. Uh, you've been doing some unique venue events. You're talking about the airport. Share with us, please, a little bit about what, what, what you've achieved during this time, because it's been equally remarkable when you compare with what's happening in other parts of the world where nothing's happening. You've already delivered events for 12,000 people in the last few months by coming up with some really innovative ideas. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that from the viewer's perspective. Well, let's start March and April. They were very bad. I was very depressed, alone in my office, going, uh, you know, around calling friends <laughs> and trying to find support. And uh, of course, after Easter, I, I mean, I watched myself in the mirror and I said, we need to react, Carlo. If not, we go, you know, there is start the agony and then the end. So, you know, one being, keeping being alone in the city because my family by chance was on holiday. So I kept them on holiday, not to uh, ask them to come back to the city. So I went to the airport. I was used to fly once a week or once every two weeks. A airplanes are my hobby, you know, when you wait, you study things and so on. And I went to the airport and the airport was completely empty. The planes, uh, Prague is quite a busy airport, you know, about with over 25 million, uh, and a thousand and under thousands of passengers, millions of passengers, but see the airport, with anybody walking, all check-in closed. And then on the big table, departure, zero, not departure. I said, oh my God. But then I watched around and I said, maybe this is my chance. Because I could never do anything at the airport unless in this period. Mm -hmm. So I got a little bit of energy. I came back home and I wrote a mail to the general manager, because Prague Airport is one of our partners. I started the letter, maybe you will not say me hello anymore, but I needed to tell you this idea. And then in, indeed, this ended uh, with the beautiful race, 3,000 people and so on. So he said, yes, basically, we added the airport. So I said, if Prague, which the biggest airport say yes, also the regional airport, they should say yes. So in June, we prepared a lot of new crazy idea. Some of them I don't even mention because if not, you will, you will cut the interview. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and so we started at the end of June and we did one race uh, at the airport. The format is that we do sunset. We do, we, we do on a runaway, on the real runaway. Yeah, yeah. And in Prague, there were airplane taxing around us and they were diverting their course because we were running. So I will, then I will send you the film. Maybe you will love to see it. So we started one race at the airport, sunset, breakfast the next morning, family, bambini, basically 
we understand that we have also we do business with running is our work but we also have a civil right to offer to people that have been closed indeed lockdown for two months to offer opportunity to have fun to move to be together and to interact to be social so we did um, in the airport in uh, Carlo Vivari, then we did another airport, then we did in Prague, then not happy, we did something else and we ran under the cellar of the 400, 600, 500 years old brewery, where indeed the beer was invented, you know, old, and then we did something in the autodrome where they do the MotoGP. So all these unique, place which we had a fantastic reaction from the people because you know the only positive things in this pandemic is that uh, for what regard our industry that the number of runners increased dramatically because the people could only run yeah. so we open a, a running school in our office we are lucky i don't know if you remember our office yeah we have a big big space so we open a running school we open a social run and until today, exactly, we put together 11,661 people registered that they enjoyed. They had some indeed good time. And that is our job. At the end of the day, our job is to create human opportunities. So to create a, a world-class event. And that is what we try. But our sport is a little bit special compared to other sports generate a very high health impact yeah in a couple of years chris the administration will ask us please organize something and make move my people yeah uh, generate a big social impact the charity we we don't reach the level of london and new york but i believe that uh, each one of us contribute is a promotional aspect because when you go live on TV, people just watch the city and then they want to come physically and visit it. So what we do, this is what I call human opportunities that we offer. So we felt a little bit morally obliged to, to offer this uh, platform. And it's not finished because uh, uh, in September, October, we have the program because you know that the big races are moving for to 21 22 yeah. but the smaller races up to 5000 people we will try to operate in september and october we have a calendar our euro eros project so we have five races for for to for up to 5000 people we will operate them following and in compliance with all the regulation, different start, what we, what, what we did indeed at the airports and in the brewery before. Yeah. So different start, masks, uh, hygiene, uh, and the disinfections, and all those things. We work very close with institutions. We agree together. Even we share the risk because a mayor or a governor of a region he take a very big risk to sign under a permission to, to bring you in. Yeah. Yeah. So we usually create a, a mixed organizing team 
where people of the institutions and the regions are into the team. So we decide together if to do, how to do, which are the risks, and the risks then are shared. That's one, and you know, again, this is one of the things that I see you, you, you spoke of, you know, some of the great things that have come out of this. And one of those is, you know, this collaboration we see across the industry, the partnership, the sharing, you mentioned that you're going on a call shortly after this with uh, Lord, Lord Coe to speak to, you know, federations around the world to share your ideas. And I absolutely love that. I'd love to, time's ticking fast, but I'd love to get a sense of where you see the industry in five years time. I mean, this is, you know, we, we're obviously going through a period of challenge, but we see a bright light. But what do you think the industry will look like in five years, Carlo? I think the industry will, will change slightly. Uh, we will start probably uh, maybe in the last quarter of 21 because the, the first six months of 21 will be difficult mainly because people have fear to move. So uh, we need to concentrate on uh, the local events. We need to uh, make grow local events. We need to invent uh, new products. How the industry will be? Chris, you, you watch Tour de France? Yes, yeah. Love the Tour de France, yes. Now I make you a difficult question. You remember the name of the winner? Uh, depends what year you talk about, but uh, but sometimes I, I do. But but I know where you're leading. I remember the beautiful scenery and everything about France. I think and the crowds is what you probably. And do you remember much more the name of the team? You, yeah. I remember. I know the I know the name of the winner just because I got prepared before. And that is, this is a this is a Colombian guy, uh, which he lives in Italy. Indeed, he's Italian, so I know the name. Yes. But I know I remember much more the name of the team behind. Yeah. Before it was a Sky team. Yes. Now it's Ignis. Yes. yes yeah. So that's what will happen in running. Yes. Until we, I mean, in five years time or in three years time, when you talk about a race, who won this race, you will mention not only the name of the winner, whom, which many people don't even know and don't even remember, but people will remember about the team. Mm -hmm. And if, because we are still as a sport in the second tier, Yes. Because we do not have, we do not enjoy the fun engagement as does rugby, football, okay. In order to avoid this and in order to fix this, this is the main problem, what we did, we created the run check raising and those people, they live here. We even give them a check nickname to make them more familiar with the local environment. Mm -hmm. We created Euro Eros because we understand that we need legend. Euro Eros is a project that aims to identify, promote and develop European athletes because yeah. we need dramatically legend, Eros to support. Yes. Because the Eros, they live, most of them, in East Africa. Yes. And for us are unknown. You will see that in three years time, when you talk about Singapore Marathon, you will name the name of the winner, 
but most important, you will name the name of the team behind. Because when we will start to talk and to think in a team, then we can go on the first tier. Because in order to belong to the first tier of a sport, we need to think about teams, not individuals. When you say that uh, Barcelona win a match, you don't say Messi has won the match. Yeah. You say Messi has scored, but the team is Barcelona. Yeah. And you will say in the running, Tim Joker has won, but the team is Ranchek Racing or NN. Mm. That's, and because the teams are European, so are recognizable. So in three years' time, hopefully, we will see people supporting, you know, and uh, uh, being engaged with the team. And then through the team, they say, oh my God, this team is extremely strong. He, he has this team, 25 athletes, 10 of, out of them are the best in the world. And then at that time, the people get interested in the individuals, but through the team. So if you watch again, I don't know if you have in the archive, the Tour de France of 19, and you see the TV graphics, yeah. you see that uh, individuals, distance projections and always the team the team yeah no it's a it's a so, one it's a wonderful thought process I, I i love the idea and and you know i've been saying for ages the challenge that we have is that engagement uh with uh, with, with the athletes and it's a it's a wonderful perspective carlo i i really appreciate talking to you it's been amazing we could talk for for another hour, I'm sure. Um, but for, for, for the viewers, uh, we want to give it bite size enough so that they can they can listen to it. But it's been so wonderful. Uh, I look forward to catching up with you, applaud you on the incredible initiatives that you've created and continue to create. And hopefully it's not long before I'll be back in your beautiful city having a number of those beautiful beers with you in, in Prague. Thank you so much, Carlo. Thank you, Chris, and stay tuned on the Czech channels because maybe the 5th of September is uh, something is quite remarkable with the worldwide impact is going to happen. Wow, I look forward so, to that. So we'll make sure this is probably going to be going out uh, tomorrow or the next day so people have got plenty of warning to tune in on the 5th of September. Great little insight. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Carla. Bye-bye.